When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. This is On Boys, and today we have a special guest. First, I want to say hi to Jen. Good morning. Hi. And our special guest today is Amy Lang. She is a longtime colleague and friend. And man, oh man, am I glad that someone is out there doing what she does. Hi, Amy. Hi. Yeah. Amy helps parents and trains professionals to know how to rock the sex talk. And along with that, providing information about what's okay, what's not okay, how to keep kids safer from sexual abuse, sharing also crazy simple tips for making that birds and bees talk a little bit easier on everyone. She will get you past the embarrassment and awkwardness. She will make you say masturbation in public. And that was the first time I met you, Amy, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about masturbating. Yeah, yeah. And Tell me that was in the grocery store. That was a random meeting in the grocery store line. <laughs> no, I was teaching a class, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Class of uh, care providers and parents. And she made us say it loud and proud. So, you know, Amy, we tend to think of, and I, and I hear from parents, they're saying, you know, gosh, it's time to have the talk with my boys. And uh, Jen, you've probably had this conversation with your boys. And so we are so happy that you're with us today to tell us that it is not just a talk, but it is many talks and how to get started in that oh so delicate area of parenting that we many of us dread but the day must come so take it away amy tell us so happy to but also you forgot one really important thing about me is that i am the mom of a boy that's right. true <laughs> i am the mom of a boy and i am the mom of a boy who is completely mortified by my work he is now 17 and actually told me that he would rather talk to strangers than me or his dad about sex so, yeah. So I, I can relate. My mom taught sex ed at my Catholic school when I was in seventh grade. <gasps> oh, my oh, gosh. worse than that. Except for maybe for my brothers who were also at the same school. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's horrible. <laughs> that's so, worse. But you know what, Amy? You're bringing up an excellent point, which is, that, which is that it's so much easier to have these conversations with other people and amongst other parents and adults. And it does get a little bit trickier when it is your own kid who 
is mortified and doesn't want to have this conversation with you either. Totally, totally. And so I like I have these two hats, right? Like I'm an expert, right? I'm a sexuality, childhood sexuality expert, and then I have a kid. And so it's just fascinating for me to watch myself like, oh, look, I know exactly what to say. And then, ah, I have to say it, right? So it's this yes. funny push-pull. Um, but back to the topic at hand. Um, so we have to talk to our boys about sex. We have to talk to our girls about sex. And you know, in this climate that is changing rapidly around uh, sexual assault and sexual abuse and sexual harassment, you know, our boys need more sex ed sooner than they ever have needed it before. And I think for a lot of parents, it's kind of scary, like looking at our boys and thinking, you know, I look at my son and I'm thinking, ah, crap, like what kind of, what are you, what is he going to have to put up with that other men have never had to put up with? And honestly, I'm sorry. And I'm also not sorry. Like, I don't want my child to suffer, but we've been suffering women for a really, really long, long, like really long time. And so sorry about the feminist rant, but um, I think that when we want, the goal is for us to raise whole, healthy, happy adults. And we want our boys to be full human beings, to experience sexuality and romance and love and relationships and feel confident about what that means and how they do that and to not get into trouble. And frankly, they're going to get in trouble now. Like, Mm -hmm. we're done. We're done. Mm -hmm. They're going to get in trouble. So, um, you know, parents really struggle with having the sex talk with their kiddos. Uh, Most of that's because of our own crap. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. your mom was a sex educator. So... That's terrible, <laughs> you know, from the kid perspective. Right. Um, most of our parents did a shitty job, and they didn't know how to do it. They did the best they could, and it certainly was not enough. Um, one big common denominator is that uh, most sex education doesn't happen soon enough. And mm-hmm. that's because our, you know, in the United States in particular, our school system tells us that sex ed happens in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And kids are in pu- like solidly in puberty in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Their bodies are saying, "Hey, let's get busy." And if they don't understand like what's going on, they're going to make mistakes, and you know they're going to be confused and uncomfortable and afraid. Because you know when you have a penis, I mean, I don't have a penis. I'm thinking you two don't have penises, yeah, not so um, but they have random acts of senseless erections. And like if your boy does not <laughs> understand that this is normal and healthy, and yes, annoying, you know they might feel bad and weird about themselves. Mm-hmm. So. All that to say, can I is, ask? Can I ask a question yeah. about those random erections for a moment, yeah, please? Yeah. So my youngest is now in sixth grade, mm-hmm. right? So close. And these are the kind of conversations that it is. He's my fourth boy, and it's still oh, hard for me to have these conversations. Like, so you know, this might happen. And I hadn't actually had that conversation with him, but we recently saw the musical um, Putnam County Spelling Bee. Are either of you familiar with it? No. <laughs> the 25th anniversary of the Putnam County Spelling Bee. And there's this song in there and it was our high school that did it. So they tweaked the the lyrics a little bit. But basically what this song is about is, uh, it's called My Unfortunate Erection. And one of the students (laughs) in the Spelling Bee is called up and he's like, um, no, no, because, and he's holding his book in front of him when he finally does go up. So they changed it at the high school level and they sang like my unfortunate situation or something. <laughs> but um, <laughs> my sixth grader saw the show with us. He saw it first at school. Then he saw it with us because he thought it was so funny. That mm. night I was tucking him in bed and I, I just thought I was going to go there. And I said, so um, you know that song that, and he knew the kid who, who played the part, said, 
you know, um, in the real show, it's my unfortunate erection. He's like, I knew it. I thought he had a boner. Nice. <laughs> Which goes to show that whether we want to talk about it or not, they, it's happening. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. I love that. That is hilarious. Um, yes. So I'm just going to tuck it away in my boner talk <laughs> <laughs> file. Um, so what that, that's a great illustration of um, his knowledge because he was like, aha, I bet that's what's happening, which tells me that he has a depth of information about his body, other boys' bodies. So bottom line, Everybody needs to take a breath because I'm going to tell you when you should start the conversation. Okay, here we go. Big deep breath. <sighs> it's age five. It's and what five. should we be talking about then? The whole baby making thing. Um, so by five, and I'll explain why in just a second, but by five, your kids should know um, how babies are made, the usual way babies are made. You need to say the words, usually the penis goes in the vagina. Sperm, egg, uterus, vagina, yada, 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 like all the details. They need to know the correct names for their private mm -hmm. body parts. They need to understand mm -hmm. that their bodies are going to grow and change from a kid body to a grown-up body. They need to know that sex is not for kids. They need to know it's for later in life. They need to understand, you know, you need to have conversations about boundaries and talk to them about how it's not okay for anyone to touch their privates, for someone to touch... Um, for them to touch somebody else's privates, like all of these conversations should be happening up to up to age five. And so by the time you get around to saying, and with the baby making thing, they already know what a penis is. They already know what a vagina and a vulva and a clitoris is. Like this is all old news. And then it's like, oh, so here's the dealio. And um, so what happens, so I know parents are probably like, ah, <laughs> let me explain why five is the time. The reason five is the time is, first of all, we're just going to take a little trip. We're going to go to the Netherlands for a minute. Uh, the Netherlands have the lowest teen pregnancy rate in the developed mm -hmm. world. They have a correspondingly low STD and HIV rate, and they have sex ed in school starting in kindergarten, and it's comprehensive. So they learn about sex, love, relationships. They learn about boundaries, and those kids rock it. They, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily wait longer to have sex, but when they do, they're really ready or as ready as you can be. And they use birth control and they use condoms. And so in my universe, when I started my company, I was like, oh, you know, because part of it was motivated by my own lack of information. Even though I'd been a sex educator, I just didn't know how to talk to kids. And so I was like, oh, what's happening over there? And I'm like, all right, that's the goal. Let's be in little Netherlands in our houses because we can't rely on the school system. We can't rely on anything to do it right or to do it well. So it's really up to us. So they start really early. And the reason they start really early is because, and the reason it's five is because there's a lot of things that are happening with five-year-olds and five-year-old life. Uh, so first of all, they start school. So once exactly. a child starts school and they're in school, they're hanging out with kids who have all kinds of information. And a lot of that information is not uh, correct. Mm -hmm. Some of it is very adult-like and grown-up-y, especially now because every child has access to pornography on there anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. We can do some porn right now, mm -hmm. right? Um, so they're interacting with children with lots of information. They are, uh, they're curious, like they're curious about how bodies work and so you should capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. And even if your child's not saying, hey, how's a baby made? That doesn't mean they don't need to know. Um, so they're interested in bodies. They're interested in, in how things work. So want to capitalize on that. Um, they also are, uh, they, they don't know what we know about sex. 
Yeah. Right. So we come to conversation. We've had sex. We've had sex talks. Right. We experienced them ourselves or not. We've given them or not. Uh, we have our personal histories. We come to the conversation with all this information and all almost all of it is not okay for kids to know because mm -hmm. little kids to know, right? So we look at our kids and we think, oh no, I can't talk to you about this. When the reality is they don't know bupkis. Mm -hmm. right? They're an empty vessel. So we get this opportunity to fill them up with healthy information about sexuality, talk about our values, talk about boundaries, talk about like the good parts of sex and say, hey, this is a really fun, amazing, cool part of life. And it's not for kids. It's for later in life. So does that make sense? You know, thinking about it logistically too, a five-year-old is much more likely to listen to what I have to say than if I wait until my kid's 13 or 12. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Five-year-olds don't like, they're not going to, your kid's not going to notice your, you know, glass of wine while you're reading a book, right? <laughs> right? They're not going to notice your discomfort. They see you as an expert anyway, right? Right. Like you already know all the things. So mm -hmm. you also happen to know this thing and they don't notice you faking it till you make it. Right. So how do you recommend broaching that conversation? I mean, it's one thing if your kid comes up to you and says, Hey, you know, how do babies get made? Or there's something on TV that yeah. leads into it. But if your kid is like, Oh boy, they're five going on six, or maybe they're eight now. And we haven't done this. How do you start? Uh, well, most people read to their children. Mm -hmm. So you get a book. Get a book. The Roby Harris books are wonderful. And Michael Amberley, if you go to my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com, I have a website there. You can go in there and look at the books for kids. So with a five-year-old, there's a book called It's Not the Stork. That's great. And you just throw it in with a regular nightly reading because reading is a normal part of your family life. Yep. It's a normal part of their life. And oh, here's a book about trucks and here's a book about sex and let's read it. And remember, they don't know that there's anything yucky, bad, embarrassing, shameful, nothing, right? Yeah. Most of the time. Some kids have different experience, but most of the time they don't right. know. And so with our boys, I believe that when we get this information into them sooner rather than later, they feel more confident and comfortable. And they have to know about all the girl parts too, right? Because you want your, we want our boys to grow up to be good partners if they're, you know, if they're straight and we want them to be good partners to their wives or their girlfriends or whatever. We also want them to be good friends to their girlfriends, their mm -hmm. female friends or their gal pals, as we call them at my house, um, to help them navigate this stuff too. And so the more they know about everybody's bod, uh, the more they know about everybody's experience, the better off they're going to be in the long run. And, you know, I think like one kind of a goal for parents would be to have your boy be the smartest boy on the playground when it comes to sex, love, and relationships. Like, amen, sister. That amen. Fantastic. Full up, right? Yeah. Right. No, you want your kid to be the one when somebody's saying, hey, sex is when you kiss with tongues, or people have sex in the butt. And you want your kid to be the one that says, yeah, and might want to mm -hmm. check with your parent about that. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they will also be the one that says, yeah, sex is actually not when you kiss with tongues. It's this, this, and this. And yeah, <laughs> people do have butt sex, but it's really not beginner stuff. Like you want, you don't want your kid to be the kid, but you also really want your kid to be the kid, right? To, that right. Does yeah. Correcting. Right. And, and, and so, might I add here as a caution, we don't have to talk about that in the five-year-old first conversation. Yes. Just say it. Yes. Oh, that's, that's like yeah, later. Much later. later. That's middle. That's like, uh, so, so my rule of thumb is that by the time your kiddo starts middle school, by the time your son starts middle school, he needs to know 
the basics of everything related to sexuality and relationships. So, um, so this means he does need to know about anal and oral sex. He needs to know about birth control and STDs and HIV. He needs to know your values about waiting. He needs to know all the deets on puberty mm-hmm. for sure. Um, really that puberty conversation should start in third grade. Um, so by the time they're in it, which is usually around 10, 11, 10, 11, 12, or starting it, they know what to expect. So back to random acts of senseless erections, uh, mm-hmm. they should know, right? Mm-hmm. They should know that that's going to happen and have some strategies to deal with it. Um, it helps them to feel more comfortable and confident, even though they may be like, oh my God, stop talking to me. Like, I don't want to hear this. I'm not interested. It's not their job to decide whether or not they get to learn about sex. Mm-hmm. Like we don't let them decide whether or not they get to read, right? Right. Oh, honey, you don't feel like reading? You don't feel like learning how to read? Okay, you're uncomfortable because it's hard. Okay, no sweat. Reading's not a life skill. You'll be fine, <laughs> right? Yeah. right? Like, it's just not a thing. Um, well, and it's a little bit like they're going, no, I don't want to hear, but yes, tell me more, tell me more at the same time. Totally. totally. Yeah. It is interesting how different boys can respond so differently to these things. So my oldest son, I ended up having a conversation about anal sex with him in our first real sex talk because the way this started, we had been at the library and he saw this book and it was the it was by the American Medical Association book for boys. And can I check this out? And I said, sure, because I'm that kind of a parent. Well, I didn't read this book first, right? So he did. And Lord, did he have questions afterward. And we, we went through all of them. And one of them was anal sex, which I didn't know was in this book. And it was, people do that? Yeah. And so, yeah, we had to go there and say, yes, some people do that. Not everybody does that. So that was experience with boy one. Boy number two is a completely different creature. I could never count on him to pick up a book. I would do the like kind of leaving books around, utterly disinterested. And when I do talk to him, he is so good at sitting there with this look on his face like, yeah, mom, this is a total waste of your time because I don't care anyway. And, you know, I talk because there are some things he has to know, but boy, oh boy, does that make me uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 I mean, and some of that just never goes away and you just have to remember like, what's your goal? What's Mm -hmm. your goal? If your goal is for your kiddo to be impregnating someone at 14 and then getting, I don't know, how about a little chlamydia at 15? Um, right. Like if your goal is for them to be unsuccessful with their sexual health and their sexuality, um, then, you know, go ahead and avoid being uncomfortable. Pretty simple, right? Uh, If your goal is for your child to have a really uh, good first time experience, and that's kind of my deal. It's like, I want my son's first time experience to be, I want him to look back and say, yeah, it was the right person. It was the right time. We had all the things. I feel really good about that. It sets, because I think our first time, it sets us up for our future, right? So why not set your child up to really have a great first time experience? It's going to happen way before we want it to. We're not going to be there. You know, we're not going to be able to control it, but we can really- Because that would be weird if we were there. Really, really weird. (laughs) We're not probably not necessarily going to be privy, but we can be, we can make sure that they are really ready to be successful. And- Mm -hmm. You know, that means we have to be uncomfortable. But I don't know if you two have ever noticed this about parenting. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, 
use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order, byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer, and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. Hello. The whole flipping thing is uncomfortable. (laughs) Amen. Right? It's uncomfortable. Constantly in those situations where you don't really know what you're doing, but you kind of got a 
fake your way through it and figure it out as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So this is the same thing. So it's just more uncomfortable than average. So I believe that knowledge is power is empowering, right? So the first thing for parents to do is to go get some knowledge, right? Go mm-hmm. like, there are tons of books on how to talk to kids about sex. Uh, I have one, it's called birds and bees and your kids. And it's all about how to clarify your values about sexuality. And you really need to know your sexual values, but when you talk to your children, because that's the one and only thing that you can give your kids that's unique to you and your family. Um, can we talk about that for a little bit? Because I think that's an issue that holds up a lot of parents and, and makes it awfully hard because sometimes the values and the things we were taught about sex growing up, as we mature, we question them. We yeah. may think that they're eh, and we might have rejected them in our own lives, but still sort of feel that voice that that's what we should teach our kids. So for instance, you know, I, I mentioned my mom in Catholic school sex ed. So I was taught masturbation is a sin, a mortal sin, no less, and premarital sex, mortal sin. And I don't really think that, but I had to work my way through that as a parent. Like I felt like if I was a good parent, that's what I would teach my kids. Which is yeah, that's some old BS. That's just old BS from before. Mm-hmm. And and the thing you need to remember is that I'm get you clearly do not share the same values as your parents. Right. And many of us do. And many things. For some of us, it's like everything's polar opposite. I'm pretty even with my parents. So our kids are going to do what they're going to do. And so you have an opportunity to give your child this gift of like saying to them, I was taught that masturbation is a mortal sin. I don't believe that now. So I would, so just say it out loud. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what I was taught. I don't believe that. This is what I hope for you. Like Mm -hmm. get busy on your own because it is sure as hell safer than getting busy with somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got to know your own body. You got to know what feels good to you. You need to understand that. And then, you know, when you're ready to share your body with somebody else, you're going to have a way better time. They're going to have a better time. And so just speaking to it um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I am a very liberal person and I don't care if Milo has sex before he gets married, but I do want him to be with somebody he's in a committed, loving relationship with. That's Mm -hmm. really important to me. And so we talk about that. We talk about that. And at the end of the day, you have this opportunity to give them a starting point. Like I'm guessing most parents don't want their parent kids to start out with this idea that sex is really bad Mm -hmm. because we're grown up right? We know the end result of that crap, right? We don't feel good about ourselves. Some of us have become sex educators, right? Like, <laughs> like we know the end result of that. So why on earth would you give that gift in air quotes to your child, right? Exactly. It's mm-hmm. not right. It's mm-hmm. not right. So be uncomfortable, say the words. One of the ways to practice being uncomfortable is to hear, let yourself hear the words out loud. So practice what you're going to say before you say it to your kiddo. Like I drive around in the car and I say stuff that I need to say to Milo because I'm uncomfortable. You hear yourself say it, mm-hmm. kind of get it down. And then you pick your kid up and you're motoring along and you can just say, Hey, and by the way, just wanted to let you know that girls have these things called periods. Have you ever heard of that? And it's, they bleed every month. It is a freaking horror show. No, wait. Um, (laughs) This is how they know that they can become pregnant and talk about it, right? Like talk about tampons, like whatever. So if you hear yourself saying it, it makes it easier to get it out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And 
And you can also just say, I'm uncomfortable. My parents didn't talk to me about this, but I'll be damned if you grow up with this lack of knowledge about this. I want you to be a rock star partner someday. I want you to feel good about yourself as a sexual person. I want you to understand, you know, what this means to you and to your life and to really be successful in this department. So we're going to talk about it. I think that's such a good point, Amy. And also, you know, not to have it be so serious, like, oh my God, my, my talk with my parents, like, oh, it was so serious. Just laugh and be silly and lighten up and it's all okay. And I think it's such a good point to just say, yeah, this is really uncomfortable for me and awkward, and it's probably awkward for you. And likely I'm going to guess that everything you mention in some way, depending on the age of your child, but probably seven at least on up, they will have heard about it in some way, shape or form. And they probably do not have correct information, but it, it may be kind of interesting to find out what they yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's also an ongoing conversation. It's not like like what you experienced one horror show, sex talk, right? It's an ongoing conversation that you build on over the years. But the time and the place to get this party started is with a book and baby making by age five. And then you add on, add on, get to puberty starting in third grade, fourth grade, um, and then make sure they have the basics of everything before they start middle school. And the reason um, that's my rule, and it's probably going to get, age is probably going to get lower. Like, I mean, in the next couple of years, I may say by fourth grade, they need to know the basics of everything is because of the internet and because of pornography exposure and all that. So... um, you're not the joy of the joy of sex for your kids. Like you don't need to explain how to have oral sex. You just need to explain what oral sex is. So if you think about it in terms of facts, plus your values, plus limits, like that's kind of a formula. So what is oral sex? What's the fact? The fact is that sometimes one person will put their mouth on another person's penis or clitoris for pleasure. Boom. Values. It's part of a committed, loving relationship. You don't have to do it. Some people never do it. Some people do do it. It's part of being sexual with someone. Um, when you break it down like that, it makes you uh, more succinct and also helps you clarify some stuff, right? So mm-hmm. like, once you get through some of these, then you'll be feeling better and more confident. I think that succinct point is so important, especially when talking to boys. Oh, yeah. You know, as you know, well, Janet, and you know too, Amy, if you do all this in a long stream of words, rambling consciousness, they're tuning you out. You got to get your point out and get out. Yeah. Get in, get out. Get in, get out. And the other thing too is that boys do not like this. They do not like straight on. So side by side while you're doing something else, just drop it in and then keep moving. Ask, what do you think? They'll say, and then then you just keep moving on, right? Because they can't close their, oh, they can close their ears now, but they can't close their ears, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and a whole lot of it is just crossing your fingers, right? (sighs) Amen. Can you talk a little bit about how do you weave in the part about healthy relationships. You know, as my kids have become teenagers and especially as the news has exploded with Me Too and sexual assault and sexual harassment, I have become more and more convinced that part of the problem is a lot of us grownups don't really know how to have a healthy relationship and we're sure as hell not talking to our kids about it. Right. So obviously the first place you start is at home. Like, are you in a healthy relationship? Because they are sure as heck watching us way more than they're listening to us. So if you're running around in an unhealthy marriage or an unhealthy partnership or whatever, 
uh, your kids are going to be, that's where we learn about relationship, right? Like just think about your own parents' relationships. Did they stay together? Did they divorce? What did you learn from that? Our kids are learning the same thing. So sorry, take care of your own shit, right? Mm-hmm. I know we're PG, but we're not really PG because I can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my it's not my way. It's pretty um, close. <laughs> We're close to PG. Close. Um, so if you're parenting uh, boys and you can't handle the word shit, it's gonna be a really tough ride. Uh, yes, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> so um so then one of the things a really great tool to use with boys is to and with kids in general is to actually watch TV shows, especially yeah. as they're in middle school, that feature relationships. Like we watched that 70s show all the way through um, middle school with Milo, and there's lots of relationship stuff happening there. So talking about what you're noticing. Um, asking them third person questions like, Hey, do you know anyone who's dating? What's mm-hmm. that like for them? What do you think? What do you think of their, about their relationship? How are they doing? Right. Like you want to like kind of explore a little, um, definitely talking about your own experiences as a kid, as teenager dating, um, noticing when something's not okay and saying, wow, you know, that worries me. I noticed that your friend Jack is, uh, texting his girlfriend 7,419 times an hour. Like that is not healthy. That's stocky and bad news. So like pointing that out, helping them to sort of see and, you know, using the tools we have, right? Like media is great for talking about relationships. Media is great. It really is helpful. Um, And again, it's that kind of one off side to side kind of thing to help. Help. You know, that's a strategy I've definitely used. The TV show I used to watch with my oldest was Glee because yeah. he's a music yeah. theater kid. And I yeah. mean, there was all kinds of opportunities there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sadly, the news gives me all kinds of reasons to tell my boys again and again and again, listen, it is never, never, ever a good idea to send a picture of your penis to anybody. <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> ever. And it doesn't work as a strategy to get women. So never a good idea. Right, right. And, you know, like multiple layers of felony happening there. So, you know, beyond um, all that. Yeah. But, you know, aside from the point that it's totally illegal. Um, So, yeah, like, and, and, you know, the other thing we absolutely have to talk with our boys about is consent which just basically means agreement. So teaching your kids consent when they're really small, which just basically says asking, it's like asking first, can I give you a hug? Can I have a high five? Demonstrating that, showing that you understand that they have agency over their body and making sure that when you see them violate that boundary um, that you talk about, it's like, hey, he said no and you kept going. That is absolutely not okay. Mm -hmm. And then that easily morphs into conversations about consent and sexual consent and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, there's a really wonderful YouTube video called Consent is Like Tea. Yes. There's kind of a kid version and there's an older version. Um, watch it with your kids. It's really great. It's very clear and helps them to see, um, you know, how this works. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and our boys need to change their behavior, right? Girl, we're done. I mean, we need yeah. to change our behavior, but really boys need to be taught that they are in charge. They have to change their behavior. And that bro, whatever culture thing is gross, Mm -hmm. And it's wrong and it's ugly and it's not sexy. That's where you said your son is 17. My uh, oldest is is 20, the next one's 17. Then I have a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. And I feel some sympathy for them because on the one hand, they've come up with all these messages about this is how you're supposed to behave and to get acceptance within their culture. And yet the culture is shifting and that's a healthy shift. And for all of us helping guide them through that, I think. Right. And again, I'm sorry and I am not sorry. 
Someone's mm-hmm. going to have to suffer. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it's probably going to be our boys. But we can help them tolerate that and understand, like, it's not personal. It's cultural. So you're going to experience some pain around this. And sorry, sorry. And, and better to know about it and be able to have honest discussions about it yeah. right up front. Yeah. Oh, Amy, you just are amazing. And what a gift you are to all all those listening, all our moms and dads out there doing the best for their kids. And I know we'll have you back because we have a lot more to talk about. Tell us where people can find you. So the best places to find me are at my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com. There's lots of stuff there for you to learn. I've got a free video that's more detailed about talking to kids about the birds and the bees. And also on Facebook, it's Birds, Bees, Kids. Um, and so that's my two main places where I hang. Uh, and if parents have questions, I do consultations. So if you're like, I can't deal this, I can't, uh, call me or email me and let me know. Um, you know, I'm happy to help. It's part of my work. And I also do lots of speaking. Uh, so if you have a school a community, a parenting community, or work for a youth-serving organization or something like that, I come in and do trainings for folks. So um, there's lots of way to, ways to hang out with me. And I'm super happy to come back because we got to talk about the porn thing. Yes. Amen. Porn we will be sharing all of these links to Amy's website and a couple of the resources she mentioned in our show notes. So don't worry about memorizing them right now. You can just click over to the website and we'll have them all right there for you. Clickable. All right, Amy, one last bit of wisdom for us. Uh, uh, Calm down, calm down, calm down. No one dies from a sex talk. And I know of one person who threw up. (laughs) He was at school. It was middle school. (laughs) Yeah. So just calm down, start with something that feels easy, and then keep on keeping on. It's your job to teach your kids about sex. It's not their job to ask us about sex. Right on. Thank you so much for being with us, Amy. That was fantastic. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.